Are you a fan of one of the three high schools in the town of Fort Mill? Well, you've come to the right place to catch up on all the information surrounding your favorite team. We're just three old dudes who love high school athletics and love the town of Fort Mill. Call us, the Mouthy Milltowners. And welcome in everybody to another edition of Mouthy Milltowners. I'm JT. Mac Banks and Keith Cook are here. Uh, sort of. Um, they've called in. We're having to do a conference call again this week because yours truly went out of town again, but for a great reason. Uh, a lot of y'all know, and some of you don't know, my daughter is a junior at the College of Charleston. They won their conference tournament in men's basketball and went to the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2018, only the sixth time the Cougars have ever been invited to the big dance. And it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing when you when your kid's in school and they get to go to a, a big event like that. So um, tip to the wife for driving a 1,000 miles over the last five days. So kudos to her. Um, unfortunately, not the outcome we wanted as Charleston fans, but still memories made nonetheless. And I met new friends in a place that Keith would know very well. That was an Irish pub in the middle of downtown Orlando. Um, <laughs> Keith knows they think or 12 about that, but uh, that's the reason for for the conference call tonight. But um, but yeah, so that's that's that. Let's get started with uh, baseball, but in particular, Nation Ford baseball. Keith, I'll let you shout from the mountaintops from glory because what a week for the Nation Ford Falcons. That series, my friend, caught a lot of eyes. Yeah, that was uh, something that. I figured that once we got through this first series, especially, you know, with Fort Mill having Blythewood and us having Clover, it was kind of a, let's see where we stand with everybody. And, you know, you'll touch on Fort Mill in a little while. But uh, our guys going down to Clover and winning both the games on the road. No, no team won a home game this this week. And Monday night was great because – it's never higher than 50 degrees when the Falcons and Blue Eagles play each other. I just can't, I can't understand that, but that's the way it is. But a seven-run second inning was about all they needed. But Clover chipped away at the lead and made it a tight one. But Nation Ford prevailed 9-7. to Caden Barnett got the win, and Jim Touchstone threw a four-inning save. Paul Solari drove in three runs. Luke Keller, two for three with two RBIs in the victory. So Wednesday, they come back to Nation Ford to face Clover, and it was very reminiscent of the game we saw between Catawba Ridge and um, Fort Mill last week where the game was scoreless going into the eighth. And the two uh, starting pitchers for uh, for Nation Ford and Clover combined for 24 strikeouts, and they went six scoreless innings each. But an unearned run in the top of the eighth inning was the difference as Clover won one to nothing. So then we go back Thursday down to Clover, which uh, they rescheduled it from Friday because of the bad weather that was going to be coming in, although there really wasn't much bad weather here, if you ask me. So it was also freezing, and I'll, I'll tell a quick story about that back in, I think it was 2018, we went down to Clover, and we had just about all four seasons in the same baseball game. It was raining a little bit when we got there, then the sun came out, then a little bit of sleet, and then we got a little bit of snow before it finally uh, broke up and we finished the game. So 
I, I don't know if that's just because we usually play them at the beginning of the season or what. But nevertheless, the Falcons started out hot, jumping out to another 4 nothing lead in the first inning. Sophomore Ben Shuddy pitched four innings of shutout ball before Clover put three up on him in the fifth. He still got the win as the Falcons put up two insurance runs each in the sixth and seventh. Miles Baker broke out of a mini slump going three for four with two RBIs. Jacob Pettit and Luke Keller each went three for four. Braden Deaton came in for an inning and two-thirds during a bases-loaded situation, and he slammed the door on the Blue Eagles for the save, and it improved Nation 4 to 6-3 and three overall. 2-1 and one in Region 3 place, still only in second place, though, behind Rock Hill. Uh, next week is going to be difficult again as the opponents, the Blythewood Bengals, games 1 and 3 will be held at Nation Ford, and game 2 will be at Blythewood. The JV boys got swept by Clover, and that Clover JV team is uh, pretty strong, but that the three losses dropped them to four and five overall, zero oh and three in the region. And next week the JVers are home Tuesday against Blythewood, and then on Thursday they travel to Blythewood for a doubleheader. So unfortunately for the JV boys, it was not a great week. But for the Nation Ford varsity guys under first year head coach Jeff Stack, they look like they're hitting their stride, and hopefully it continues going up as we get through the season. I'm going to go ahead and, and tell you why you're so right, Keith, when you say that's a huge series win. And first of all, tip of the cap to Coach Stack. Um, anytime that you're a new coach trying to get you, um, your culture, so to speak, or your uh, way of doing things, and that can be tough sledding sometimes for coaches. And I know Mike Lewis left the program in really good shape. Uh, that's not what I'm saying at all, but – for a new coach to basically in their first region series to take two games at Clover. I mean, that you're talking about the defending region 3-5A champions and a group that only lost one region game all of last year. So Nation Ford's already hung two on them. So now at the Falcons, let's fast forward a month. What if, right? Two biggest words in mm -hmm. sports. But what if Nation Ford ties uh, Clover for the top of the region. Guess what? NAFO is the the region champs, and Clover finishes in the second seed. That's why it's a huge deal to get two region wins, and you were the road team two out of three games. That's huge because that means the Falcons have at least two series at home where they're the home team two out of three. So uh, congratulations to Coach Stack and the Falcons. That's huge. Yeah, it was, uh, it was really nice to see them get out there. They were excitable, and, and we all know how the – uh, the demeanor of the Clover fans can get sometimes, and, and their bench for that matter. And uh, Nation Ford came out, and they stuck it to them, and they kind of were chirping in their ears by the end of the series, and it was kind of nice to see them uh, take that series. And like you said, that all-important tiebreaker, and uh, Coach Stack just has these guys playing pretty well right now. Well, it's it's... Clover fans are very, very passionate people. I'll give them that. But they do – I've seen them cross the line a few times. I've seen the team cross the line. So um, that's just the facts. Uh, do with it yeah. what you will. Um, at what? Who's the new station that goes, we report, you decide. Um, that's kind of how I feel about that. But, um, yeah, that was – that's pretty good. And But you mentioned Blythewood going into next week. Well, that's who Fort Mill played this past week and there was drama there was a lot of drama now there wasn't drama in the jv side of things y'all might find this interesting 
Jackets were able to go on the road at Blythewood and beat the Bengals 9-5. to And then the Jackets came back home on Thursday, played a doubleheader with the Bengals, and ended up sweeping them. So uh, that's huge. Uh, that gives the JV Jackets a record of 4-1-2 and two on the season. Uh, that's huge for, for Fort Mill. The varsity side, um, let's take it one game at a time, shall we? Uh, the first game was down in Blythewood. They call it the jungle for a reason. And it was a pitcher's duel, uh, much like that NAFO-Clover game, that first one. Fort Mill had to face Penfield. He went seven innings, four hits, no runs, one walk, seven Ks. He threw 88 pitches, and he ended up getting the win because the Bengals scored an unearned run in the bottom of the sixth. Fort Mill lost the game one nothing, and the one run surrendered was unearned. Um, but a great pitching performance by Jager Pankowski. Uh, he went six innings, two hits, the one run unearned, as I said, two walks, five Ks, 87 pitches. So, cheese, that was an outstanding outing. Move on into Wednesday, and Fort Mill came back home to the high first region game of the season at home, played the Bengals. After the first inning, it was tied 2-2, and you thought, this could be interesting because Blythewood jumped out 2 nothing, but Fort Mill retaliated. Blythewood would take the lead in the third just to see Fort Mill respond in the fourth. Both teams put up runs in the fifth, but the winning run came in the bottom of the sixth, but that's not where the drama is. The Bengals scored one run in the top of the seventh, had the tying run at third, and the potential winning run on base, and Fort Mill was able to get the final out to beat the Bengals 6-5. to five. And after, So think about it, a team that Fort Mill could not beat for the longest time now has beaten the Bengals back-to-back. -back. Uh, so or two out of three, I should say, um, the back-to-back -back at home in the high victories. Uh, Mikey Terrabill was the starting pitcher, seven hits, four runs, four walks, six Ks. Uh, Nick Scholl and Nick Christ. Nick Christ got the save, uh, so a big deal there. Move on into Friday night, and this is where all the drama is. Uh, where's uh, Harvey Levin when you need him in TMZ? Um, so it was very much all Bengals early on. It was 6-1 to one Blythewood after two but Fort Mill began to chip away, scored three runs in the fifth. Blythewood responded with two. That gave the Bengals an 8-5 to five lead headed to the top of the seventh. Last chance saloon for the Jackets. And here's what happened. In the sixth inning, it began to rain at Blythewood. And it was a decent rain. It wasn't a, a frog strangler or a goalie washer or anything like that. But it was rain. And you could see that... The coaches got together with the umpire, and everybody's like, yeah, let's keep going, blah, blah, blah. So they get to the top of the seventh, and that's where Fort Mill said, you know, we're not going to go away quietly. Zach Jennings with a single, a walk to Pankowski. Thomas Ely hit a double. Brent Lauder singles to right field. Uh, Drew Gaff singles on a ground ball to the shortstop deep in the hole. Next thing you know, it's tied at eight. And, guys, I'm just going to tell you what happened Y'all decide how you feel about it. As soon as the run scored to tie the game, literally the second it, it came across the plate, out came the coach for Blythewood. I walked right to the umpire and said, we can't play anymore. And talked the umpires into it, and they called the game. Now, Blythewood has posted it as an 8-5 to five victory. That's not final yet. Uh, this is There's still some debate about what can happen. There's three scenarios. Fort Mill's either going to lose 8-5, to five, it'll be an 8-8 eight, eight tie, 
or the league might make Fort Mill and Blythewood finish this game at a later date and time. Now, we've seen cases where the league will make a team, two teams finish a series if it has an impact on somebody winning the region or making the playoffs. So, in other words, it needs to be significant in order for the teams to do that because that means Fort Mill's got to get back on a bus and go back down to the Midlands and basically go into a tie ball game in the top of the seventh with nobody out, uh, with runners at first and second, by the way. Uh, so, needless to say, there's a bunch of drama on that. Um, I'm going to give you just my personal opinion. It's nothing more, nothing less. I'm not saying this based off of anything any coach or AD or administrator or anybody else has told me, just my perception because I was not there. I was not there, so I can't speak to what was said and what was not said. But what it appears to me is this is another opportunity for Blythewood to circumvent the rules. Blythewood is known to cheat. If they want to debate that, they certainly can't. Their football coach has been caught cheating. It wasn't fired. That should tell you about the lack of integrity in that school district, period. Because if that happened in Fort Mill, I think the guys would agree with me here. If that happened in Fort Mill, that guy is fired. He is gone. So... That tells not the first time Blythewood's tried to pull a fast one, air quotes. And I think it's just a way that, because circumvent the rules. So, so you're probably wondering what rule. Well, if a game is stopped due to weather, and Mac, I think you can back me up on this with the rule book, because Mac knows it better than I do. But I think it reverts back to the last complete inning, which in this case would be the bottom of the sixth when the score was 8-5. to five. And that's why Blythewood on their page has posted it as an 8-5 to five victory. Four Mill still has it as a live game tied at eight. So just got to sit back and wait. Hopefully the word will come down early in the week and we'll, uh, if we get any news about it or anything, we'll certainly pass it along when we get it. Yeah, that's what the uh, rule, the rule does state it. It reverts back to the last completed inning, whether that's, you know, in this case, the, the sixth inning or, or whether that's, yeah, the fourth inning, the third inning, or whatever, you know. So it kind of reverts back to that. Um, so that's probably most likely why Blythewood's saying that game over. But usually in, in situations like that, either the ump's going to say, no, keep playing until that, you know, until there's, there's you know, someone's ahead, and then they'll call the game for weather. But, you know, it's, it's very odd to do something like that when, you know, the game's tied and stuff like that. So, even, you know, so even if Fort Mill would have went ahead, you know, had they, had they you know, called the game because of weather, obviously with the inning not being completed and Blythewood not having a chance to, you know, take a swing and get in that bat, you know, they still could have reverted it back to the last completed inning. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the decision is. I'll, I'll say this. If Fort Mill would have scored another run and gone up 9-8 to eight and the umpires called the game, I would be just as upset as I am right now. Because that's not that also is not fair. Because like you said, Mac, it doesn't give the Bengals the opportunity to, to go to bat. Well, they're the home team, so they should be the last ones to bat. That's the way it should work. That, that To me, that's the integral thing to do. Uh, but that's just me. So we'll see how it comes down. I don't ask you guys to opine on it because I know y'all probably 
don't want to get in trouble, but I don't mind getting in trouble. My, my opinions are just my opinions. They do not reflect the opinions, thoughts, or feelings of anybody at Fort Mill High School. They are mine and mine only. And again, I was not there. I was in Florida. I watched it on my phone while I was eating supper. I know you're not supposed to do that, but I did. Um, and I saw the game get called when it was tied at eight, and I thought, what in the Sam Hill's going on here? But uh, nonetheless, that's that's where that landed. Um, overall well, for I mean, Fort Mill, uh, the Jackets are now five and three overall. As it stands right now, one and one in the region, but it doesn't get any easier. In fact, it could get harder because here come the Rock Hill Bearcats. Now here's a stat for you, boys. Rock Hill's played nine games. The Yellow Jackets of Fort Mill have basically played nine games. Rock Hill has scored 88 runs in their nine games. Fort Mill has scored 44. Let that stat marinate for a second. So the question will be, has Rock Hill feasted on poor pitching? Or are they that stinking good with the War Club? We're about to find out because Mikey Terrabill, Jager Pankowski, uh, Nick Scholl, those guys are going to have something to say because uh, they are proud pitchers for Fort Mill. So far this year, they've done pretty well. So um, another team that's done really well, Mac, is those Catawba Ridge Copperheads. Wow, what a week for uh, Coach Dostrzewski and his staff and his team, huh? Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a pretty good week. And, and before I get to them, I think one thing that's going to happen regarding the Blythewood thing is either the game will have to be actually completed because it is a region game or they'll revert it back to the uh, last completed inning. I don't think they'll end it in a tie because it's a region thing, but stranger things have happened. So, uh, Yeah, the Catawba Ridge baseball team has been pretty hot. They uh, swept the season series with South Point, uh, winning all three games pretty handily. Um, I know they, the one game they won, uh, Jackson Mullen went four innings, Hit a batter, and that was the only only base runner for South Point in that game. So pitched a, pretty much it was a four inning no hitter because they beat them fifteen to nothing. And so you know it's normally you hear you know ten runs after five, but there's actual rule that if you go up by fifteen or more after three, they'll stop the game. And it's pretty much what they did. So they pretty much cruised that. Through that without a problem. Real quick, Again, Jackson, Jackson Mullen, Mullen, you think, he, you you know, think he's an early candidate for Mullen a region player so. of the year? But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a great week. They're on a great roll. South Point is down a lot in regards to just, you know, what they're known for as far as talent-wise. They're down a lot this year. So having them in the first series out of the gate is probably a, a confidence booster for the Copperheads definitely um, did not hurt them to go up and, you know, go 3-0 and in Region 3-4-8 to start. So it'll be interesting coming in. You know, they've got, um, I think it's Lancaster this week. So that, that should be a pretty good matchup with them. Whoever they have, they're going to, you know. They're going to boat race them. They're, well, they're, they're going to do pretty well because I think the way things are setting up for Catawba Ridges, you know, they're looking pretty good. Coach Stosh and Coach Lewis are, are managing their pitching and and really winning these three games by, you know, uh, huge margins, really double-digit runs in each game and not really having to go seven innings and, and getting to your bullpen or anything like that. It sets them up for, 
you know, a good a good series coming up this week. So it'll be interesting to see how things turn out for them, for sure. Well, I think they'll probably go on. I would imagine they go on and win the region. I'll go ahead and say it. The early the, the clubhouse favorite for player of the year in Region Three Four A has got to be Jackson Mullen, especially if he keeps up what he's been doing. He's been dynamite. I mean that he's really gotten better at his craft uh, over from the last from last year to current. Um, but he's also an outstanding player out in the field as well. So um, again, they're they're just going to ride that pitching staff to a to a region title. It'd be back to back titles for Coach Styles for sure. Um, so yeah, they they're a red hot team. So if you're placing bets in the uh, town, uh, put your money on Catawba Ridge. So uh, not that we condone betting, just saying if you happen to do, if you are a better, call Keith Cook. He can get that all set up for you. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll have some people that, that, that I've got a guy. Let's put it that way, right? <laughs> he's he's got a guy. So um, not really, but <laughs> not really. Yeah. So uh, turning the page over to. Uh, lacrosse and soccer and softball and all that stuff there were some interesting scores fellas this week when you looked at what happened with the three schools and and these sports there were some eye-popping scores yeah they were i think um you know the uh and in, in starting with lacrosse for fort mill one note we do need to uh go ahead and throw out there is fort mill's own lydia laney uh scored her 150th goal um in her career, uh, formal girls on Saturday beat uh, Lucy Beckham, whoever she is. They beat her single-handedly. Um, pretty much Lydia scored 10 goals. Uh, they Formal won 13 to 13-12. Lydia scored 10 goals. So, And one of those goals was her 150th goal of her career. So, yeah, the formal girls are doing pretty well. They, um, you know, they, they took it to... The uh, Nation Four girls earlier in the week as well. So, former girls across is doing well. Former boys is still kind of struggling some. They lost Saturday, fourteen to eight to Hammond out of Columbia. So, yeah, they've got some work to do for sure. So, former softball swept a doubleheader on Saturday as well, um, winning six to five against Luda in both games. So they're they're five and one. They were up, kind of ironically. The same thing happened to them that happened to uh, the Fort Mill boys down in Blythewood. They're up nine to nothing against Rock Hill in Rock Hill Friday night, and it's you know pretty much the middle of the fourth, and then the bottom drops out. You know, had, had they been able to get that one extra run across, you know, and they could have got through the fifth inning, then that would have been a game but that didn't happen so they really need to finish that game as well but the Fort Mill girls softball team defending 5A state champs are doing doing pretty well you know under new coach Will Jameson they really haven't missed a beat and they've lost like eight to nine seniors from last year's state championship team so they they're doing well we knew it would be a real rebuilding project for coach Will Jameson but we also know him well enough from his days at York and his days as an assistant at Fort Mill um, that w- once he got across to these young ladies uh, new to the program or, or le- young ladies that got that are now starters, once he got them to understand his philosophy and the way he wants to do things, again, 
there's not one way, one right way or wrong. There are a lot of wrong ways, but there's not just one right way to build a culture and a program. Um, people do it in different ways, and one's not necessarily better or worse than the other. Now, there are some really crappy ways to do it, and I can point out a few of those if you want me to, but, uh, but he's done a great job. Um, I want to say this. I want to talk about Catawba Ridge for just a second, if I could, boys. Um, I got a text from Billy Henson. He's an assistant coach at Catawba Ridge. He sent me a message. You know how uh, last week we were waxing poetic about Wando? And how much oh, yeah. we, how much we love <laughs> and how much we love to hate them. So Billy told me that Catawba Ridge earlier this year, early on, they played the Warriors and spanked them. He also told me this past Saturday, I believe, Friday Correct. or Saturday, they played past, them. In yeah, a, either Friday or Saturday. Yeah, they played them in a tournament. Guys, Catawba Ridge beat Wando ten zip. Ladies yeah, they, uh, they went three and one at the tournament. The only loss they lost one to nothing to uh, Somerville. Uh, talked to Coach Kidd a little bit. He said that they out hit them, but you know, there's just they got that one run across, and and Catawba Ridge couldn't couldn't really get that one run across. They were at the uh, Burns Invitational, so you know how you know strong Burns has always been in softball. So they beat Wando. They beat. Lawrence nine to six. They beat Seneca six to three before losing to um, Somerville. But yeah, I mean they're strong. Somerville strong. Uh, Catawba Ridge is now ten and two on the season, and uh, they've pretty much again taken care of business right out of the gate. And they've got a uh, another mixed bag this week, going back to Region three four A play. So they are probably going to continue to roll. I know Coach Kidd told me that he is still tweaking his lineup, which is kind of hard to believe. But um, they're still, you know, messing with his lineup and trying to get everybody in in positions that he wants them in, in regards to you know batting order and certain people in certain places. But um, yeah, they're 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 pretty strong. Yeah. So I, I want to make sure I understand this because we also have no love for Burns. Nobody in this room, anyway. Are you telling me that Burns didn't win their own invitational? Yeah, I think they I think they I know they got to the finals, but I think they lost to Somerville. It was like two to one or something like that. But um But yeah, it was just, you know, one of those things that No, actually they did. They did win there. I looking back at a text from Coach Kidd. Uh, Burns did beat Somerville two to one in the championship, so they won their oh, okay. own invitational. But yeah, um, they they didn't really run away with it. So that's that's got to be you know pretty good for the five A programs out there that they're not running away with things. Yeah, Kim Haynes down at Dorman, she's looking at that strongly. You know, Will Jamison's got an eye on that. You know, Craig Brown at Nation Ford's got an eye on that because if Burns quote unquote is down. Well, when Burns is down, that's 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 not really saying a whole lot because they've been way better way up here for so long. But if they're kind of falling back to the pack, now all of a sudden these coaches are going to use that as motivation and go, hey, these ladies can be beaten. Look at what happened. So that'll be interesting to, to see how that, that pans out. I'll say this about Coach Kidd and his copperheads and him messing around the lineup. I feel like this year – 
schedule-wise, coaches in baseball and softball in particular don't, didn't get that extra week. Uh, for example, Region 3 5A is now a six-team region, so now every team has to play five region weeks, right? Last year it was only four. Well, so you're playing one more week. Well, that's one week where you would play someone out of your region, someone that's a, a pretty good caliber opponent to kind of measure yourself with. Those are games that you can mess with the lineup and find the secret sauce. And, and I don't think the coaches had that extra week, and one week could make a difference. Um, I'll say this. Michael Kidd doesn't shy away from it. He's going to keep messing with that lineup till he finds the right one. Yeah, they should They should continue to be productive. You know, uh, at, in the tournament this past weekend, Kendra Murray hit a couple home runs. Um, Audrey Wilson uh, hitting bombs like she normally does. So, you know, they're going to find it. I mean, not that they are struggling now, but, you know, he, he not to put words in his mouth, but they're probably 90% there roughly, and, they, and they've got time. I really don't see anybody besides maybe Indian land challenging them in the region, but I don't think that if Indian land takes one from them, I don't see Catawbridge losing that series. So I know they play you know, Indian land this week at Indian land, so that should be pretty interesting. So, But, uh, yeah, your forerunner for sure is definitely Catawbridge in that region. Yeah, and switching gears, Keith. What about uh, what about your boy? Or he's all of our boys. We all love Coach Brown. How did uh, Sir Craig a Brown? How did his Lady Falcons do this week? Well, I saw Coach Brown a couple times this week. It's always great seeing him. He helps out with what our video like stream in the uh, baseball booth, so it's always nice when he comes around and uh, he sticks around and supports the boys. His uh, Lady Falcons, however, had a tough one this week. They went to Clover and lost eleven to one. They uh, dropped them to one and three on the season, zero and one in the region. And again, it was errors. Uh, they had five of them in that game. But like we've been talking this whole season, you know, they're going to come around. They got seventh and eighth graders that are playing for them. They're going to they're going to get they're going to get right, as they would say, uh, sooner or later. And they've got plenty of talent, especially young talent. Ava Shire was the offensive punch in the Clover game. She went two for three. And Brooke Russell scored the lone run for the Lady Falcons. On Friday, Blythewood was supposed to come to town, but that got canceled due to bad weather. And this coming week, the varsity goes to Rock Hill on Tuesday night, and they stay on the road going to Spring Valley on Friday night. And that should uh, just about, well, outside of Fort Mill, that would wrap up the the first half of the region series. But uh, they're plugging away over there, and they're working hard, and, and it's just a matter of time before they break through. Let's uh, <clears throat> switch gears for a little bit. I know uh, Mac talked about Fort Mill uh, lacrosse uh, boys and girls. What about Nation Ford? So Nation Ford's boys, they uh, they dropped their first lo- uh, game this year uh, to Marvin Ridge at home on Monday night, 7-6. Joshua Mayo and Owen Mayo scored two goals each and dropped them to 5-1. and one. But then on Thursday, they got right back up on it, and they hosted Clover in another region matchup. They jumped out to a 6-1 half, halftime lead, and that's all they really needed is they beat the Blue Eagles 13-6 to to improve to 5-0 and on the region, in the region that they swept Clover this season. Then on Saturday afternoon, they went down for a little non-conference action down to Spartanburg High School, or as I like to call Spartanburg College, as big as that is, 
It was another dominating performance as they came away with a 14-3 to win to boost their record to 7-1. Owen Collette and Josh Mayo each scoring five in the win. This week they head to Blythewood to finish their season series with the Bengals, and that's their only game of the week, and that'll be tomorrow night. The JVers lost to Marvin Ridge Monday night 6-4, to four. Uh, and then they lost to Clover on Thursday, eight to three. But they ended up winning five to one over Spartanburg. So the record's now three, four, and one. And like the varsity, they're going to go to Blythewood for a region game on Monday, and then they host a rescheduled game on Thursday against Bradford Prep before hosting T.L. Hanna on Saturday afternoon. The girls, meanwhile, they got to face Fort Mill, as Max said. They it was only 7-4 to four going into the locker room at halftime, but then the Yellow Jackets blew it open in the second half, outscoring the Falcons 8-1, to one, going away 15-5. to five. George Starkless scored four of the Lady Falcons' five goals, with Kristen Knopf getting the other goal. And then on Thursday, they went to Clover, and it was a high-powered, high-scoring game, with Clover finally being the last lady standing with a 17-12 win over the Falcons. Catherine Barhorse with five goals, and George Starkless adding four in the loss. The team dropped a four and five overall, three and three in region play, and then they host Blythewood to complete to try and complete the series sweep against the Bengals on Monday, then bring in Fort Mill on Wednesday for game two of the Milltown series. Shall be interesting. Shall be interesting for sure. Hey Mac, um over yes. in the pit, I think we, we might not have touched on Catawba Ridge lacrosse, uh boys and girls. What about those uh what about the snakes in the pit? Yeah, they're doing pretty well. It's it's kind of been um, they've had a lot of road games coming out of the stretch, so to speak. So it's it's not been exactly the easiest. I know um, they've got some road games coming up this coming week. I know the girls have got two on the road. The uh, boys uh, they're playing a lot of North Carolina teams, so it's been a lot of a lot of challenging um, competition for them. But, you know, they're hanging in there. Uh, they, the boys are doing pretty well, um, trying to pull up their schedule and their record now. But um, it's just been one of these things. The boys are 2-6. and six. They're 1-2 and two in the region. And, you know, they, they're, again, they're playing a lot of North Carolina competition, so it's not exactly been the easiest competition in the world. Um, so they play South Mech on uh, Monday, and then they play Clover later this week. So they're, again, just two strong opponents for both of them. Then the girls, again, they're on the road again, and they've won. Uh, they've done a little bit better. They've won some games. So they um, – it should be a dogfight to get to the playoffs for both teams. But, I mean, they still got – way to go so it's possible well hopefully they can uh they can get it going and, and turn the page and, and get enough region wins to, to go to the postseason that would certainly be a shot in the arm for those programs and um also for for the athletic director rick lewis over there at catawba ridge um boys you caught me at a at a crossroads i'm not sure which avenue to take here uh which where are we going now well, we probably need to touch on some soccer yeah we uh, do Again, uh, Catawba Ridge is doing well there. They've uh, pretty much controlled the pace of play, so to speak, in these region games. I know um, the girls, I was at the girls' game on Friday night, standing out in the rain. 
uh, that was fun but miserable. Um, so, and they pretty much put it on Lancaster winning 11 to nothing. So, that's, yeah, so that's been pretty much it. So, but I am going to have to let you guys wrap this up because my phone is actually dying. So, I will turn it back over to you guys. So, uh, y'all take it away and, uh, We'll catch you, crazy kids, as you say, JT, next week. Yes, sir, absolutely. Keith, you got anything else, buddy? Uh, I'll touch on soccer real quick for Nation 4. The boys played at Clover Tuesday. They had a 3-2 to two road win. And then Friday they went to Blythewood, and it's going to be a tough one since Blythewood only lost one match all season coming in at 5-1-1. But Nation 4 took a 2 nothing lead into, half, into halftime and held on for a 2 and 0 win and the win brought them to 83 and 2 and 0 in the region the jv boys started off well winning two to nothing at clover uh this week they'll go to rock hill on tuesday night and then come home for spring valley on friday night the varsity girls hosted clover and lost three to nothing and then friday they went on the road to blythewood and unfortunately they dropped their third straight match two to one all the scoring was in the first half and the falcons lone goal came from aniston newton Dropped them to five and five overall, zero and three in the region. And this week they host Rock Hill on Tuesday night, and then heading to Spring Valley Friday night. The JV girls won a tough match at home against Clover on Tuesday, and they had to win it in penalty kicks. But it was an all important win for them in the region. So the soccer team's looking pretty good. Everything's looking pretty good over at Nation Ford, that's for sure. Well, that sounds great, guys. Well, let's go ahead and wrap it up since Max Phone's about to to die. Hey, guys, really appreciate your hard work. Uh, that folks, it takes a lot of research to to get all this stuff put together, and a lot of notes as you hear us try to scramble around on our different devices to get you the information. But uh, shout out to Coach Billy Henson. We appreciate him listening to the podcast. Uh, tell your friends, tell your neighbors. Hopefully, you you like what you hear. Uh, if not, get, send us some suggestions. Uh, we're all ears. Um, working on an interview for next week. I hope to have either the head coach of the Fort Mill Yellow Jackets or an assistant coach to talk about Fort Mill baseball. And that'll be an interesting interview, especially considering what happened last week and the fact they're playing top-ranked Rock Hill this week. But, boys, again, appreciate all your hard work. And, folks, thank you for listening to another episode of Mally Milltowners. We will see you crazy kids next week for another edition. Till then, so long, everybody.